okay, we've got Logan back on. Took him like 10 seconds to make fun of my, not even 10 seconds. I don't know. You, you had like swimmer-esque reaction time. It's like the 0.6. Maybe you got down to 0.5. Uh, and things are going swimmingly, aren't they, Logan? You like that? Uh, no, that was, <laughs> that was pretty, that was, that was not your best effort. <laughs> has anything been my best effort i don't think you've given me credit for any of these brilliant puns on this that, that was that was one of your worst efforts i should say oh wow that that, that hurts so, so it's it's basically a just a really bad game where you're expecting kind of all right that was just more below that wasn't there have been that you can you can be much more annoying than that that was that was like a below average performance for you Wow, I'm just man, that that hurts because I do want to be on one end of the spectrum or the other. I want to either have these great puns or I want to just annoy you to death. So it does really frustrate me to be right in between, kind of in that situation in the NBA where your Chicago Bulls are, where okay, are we tanking? Are we going for the title? Yeah, and, honestly, that's like if we're talking about like annoyingness range, that's like more annoying. That that's pretty. That is very that. I don't know if I. I don't know if that amount of anno- I feel like that amount of annoyingness is more than like your your so that's more annoying than your swimming pun the uh, bulls trajectory at the moment. Wow, I, I I feel like I really gotta step things up to keep pace with the Chicago Bulls and their current level of annoyingness. I'll, I'll I'll have to work on that, but I think I was doing a good job. What was it last Tuesday when we were hanging out watching the trials and uh, <laughs> and you just kept remarking about how it hurts, especially when I make these uh, make my I don't even know what you call them want to call them remarks about your sport. Yeah, it's all right. Well. Yeah, it's it gets dis it gets disrespectful to a certain point. I I'm, I mean I give you the benefit of the doubt because I was su- I was surprised like the by the fact that you're actually like, interested in the swimming trials because, um, like trying to talk from trying to um talking to some uh talking to someone that's not a swimmer about swimming is like a death sentence. Cause you're going to like instantly, I would expect I would instantly get roasted, but Casey actually, I was surprised he actually seems to be into it. Wow. Yeah. See, my problem is interest. If anything, I would say I have too much interest. And as a result, I, uh, I make a, a lot of very bad jokes about such sports. Uh, so we, we should create like a poll or something. I think I have like the polling feature on Zoom. So what was my most annoying moment? Was it saying it's all right that he lost because he has a bunch of houses after Casas? Like, I think it was the 100 back when he could not qualify. Um, was it me booing every time a Michigan swimmer came out? Or was it uh, my dad telling me to holler for the next race and me yelling at uh, full volume? Or you can nominate uh, write in submissions. Uh, no, no, the word no, the worst part was when you texted me about how there was finally a DQ. <laughs> <laughs> what I told I told I was very upfront. I told you on Tuesday. I, I just want to see someone get disqualified. Yeah, I, I don't ask for everyone to get disqualified. I want to see a lot of people happy, but I just want to see one person like do something wrong and be like, I didn't get disqualified the Olympic trials. I I don't know if you can even complete a race at the Olympic trials. You can complete the 50 free. What are you talking about? 
that's that's debatable. And also, we've been talking about this, but I think you think you're so such a great swimmer, and you think I'm a horrible runner. I could beat you in a race while I'm running and you're swimming. Well, how if maybe if you're running army crawl style, <laughs> then I would win. Here, I'll do the arm motions. I can do any arm motions. I can do butterfly. I can do breaststroke. I can do back. I, I will do any. Arm Actually, motion. breaststroke. No, you have to do the leg motions. <laughs> <laughs> that that would probably not go well huh uh track trials are starting right now what's your thought on uh like those almost going with multiple track strokes because that's one thing i wish they had is if we had uh a track event that was like breaststroke or just where you have to do this really convoluted motion and the best part of the track events for me, not that I didn't really watch, I actually didn't watch it at all, but it's just like when they showed that someone broke the world record, then what they showed below it was qualified for the Olympics. <laughs> one would hope. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, uh, that's actually too, that's actually too far above our Olympic standard. You're, you're not allowed. Yeah, they were too. They were too insulted. They were too afraid. Like the Olympics is for very good athletes. This this is the hall of very good. I think my favorite part of the track trials, though, is that it's in Eugene. So in turn, I think about Bill Walton and Eugene Amory and Eugene from Eugene for Eugene in Eugene. I think of that. There's some video in like the Bill Walton weirdness compilation. I think pretty sure he was in Oregon. He was like hugging trees. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, who do you think came up with that concept of swimming strokes, though, where they were like, hey, so we figured out this really good way to swim, freestyle, crawl, where you can go your fastest. But what about this? What if we created these slower ways for you to swim? I mean, I I, I understand how they came up with the breaststroke pole, but not the breaststroke kick. And also, I don't understand how they came up with the like the butterfly like undulation. Yeah, you know, it'd be really great if I'm running away from a shark, having to break my back going up and down. Exactly. Like I, I backstroke. I mean, that's that's pretty simple. Like just like oh, if we can swim on the if we can swim on our stomachs, why can't we swing them on our backs? Like I, that one. And then like breaststroke, I feel like it like def it's it's really easy like tread water by kind of doing like the breaststroke like sculling motion but the kick I just don't it's a very it can be like a it's a very like awkward move it's like a very awkward movement for Wait. like if you haven't mastered it I think I've or, got it I, you, you jogged my brain there thank you I think they're like they are a like-minded individual to myself and they wanted to see more disqualifications or they're like, man, this freestyle stuff is boring that people never get DQ'd. And so they're like, okay, this, these, this breaststroke stroke, we're going to make very convoluted. And then perhaps someone will get disqualified and entertain future viewers. And also one thing, apparently they used to have some, well, the thing is, I believe they came up with breaststroke before swimming was like a, a, a well-known thing like they because they used to like really long time ago they used to have weird events and one of them i remember hearing was like the 400 breaststroke so like breaststroke was a so like breaststroke was a thing like before they were they were worried before they were worried about like the um 
about the view about the viewership. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like the original Olympics, we can talk about a number of motives. Some of it's like promoting democracy. Uh, well, I think some of it's also like promoting like greatness of men or something. What the, <laughs> yeah, men, there, there's some definite all, misogynistic I, messages somewhere in there. Uh, but yeah, go on. I, I think like, uh, I don't, I think like some word associated with the Olympics, it might have been Olympic itself meant like, some meant like some part of the male body ah some part of the male body i I don't even want to ask about the implications of that uh so but one of the main ones seems to be survival so naturally you'd have stuff like swimming who can run the fastest track who or swimming who can swim the fastest track who can run the fastest so that's why it is so interesting that i i mean i guess the modern olympics i mean if you come face to face with a tiger lebron james isn't gonna be like yeah but i bet i could beat him in 1v1 uh but it is interesting how that happens. And so I do want to see different strokes in track running backwards would be interesting. It intrigues me because I, I do some of those like backwards running for like warmups in while running and kind of test your arms. Like one thing, like how, how to like train your brain to not look backwards. Yeah. Like that's another about, Like you're not like, you don't really, maybe like when you like start the backwards running motion, you're looking like, in front of you but um like when you're like like jogging backwards like it's it would obviously wouldn't it it would probably slow you down to be looking the other way but it's like a natural instinct because don't run into anything and we could perhaps add barriers because one of the most exciting parts of that, about that backwards running is we're on the football field and there are all sorts of these little obst- obstacles not intentional ones but just they have like a uh, they have some football equipment like p- parked there, and so seeing. No, I, I think uh, it is. I think it is intentional to make you guys look foolish. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're like me, and they like watching disqualifications. I can't blame them. If I, if I were up in the sky, I would definitely want to. That would and, be entertaining. Okay. One question: In running, how do you get disqualified? Uh, I think if you go into a different lane, if you start early, kind of the standard stuff. Uh, I should ask about that though, because my I think my dream is to get DQ'd in a race, just like all of my idols have. Well, I think you should you should just start you should start a race really early, so you can say you won your race and you got DQ'd. Your your life goals all in one. <laughs> oh no, my goal isn't to win a race. I don't I don't think you understand me there. Uh, True story. My first race cross country, seventh grade, we're at like the horse track in Golden Gate Fields, is it? Uh, and you race the horses. <laughs> yeah, we, we raced the horses. No, no, we didn't. Unfortunately, the horses were not there that day, but I would have beaten the horses in swimming. And I'm talking with friends and we and then we hear this gun go off and we were like a minute behind. We didn't realize the race was starting. And so, and so there we come out like a minute later and we, and we still participate. And I actually don't get, don't get last or even close. Cause I have just this insane shot of adrenaline, <laughs> but it's just one of those things I'll always look back on. Apparently that's apparently case. Um, is it? So I guess it's not, they don't, they don't kick you out if you start super late. Uh, they probably wouldn't an actual race, but no, this was a, it was just some, local cross-country meet and so they're like okay well that, that'll be a big disadvantage so 
maybe what I'll try and do is start both early and late in, in the same day where I, where I start, like you said, really early in one race, <laughs> keep going and win. And then in my next race, I am just twiddling my thumbs as the gun goes off and I start like 30 seconds late. And then or I cut across be, the field. Be, you can start really early and be like the people and follow guys who chill near the finish line. And you can just <laughs> like, um, block some people's races. <laughs> yeah, if I block something. You're, you're going to start holding people. I don't know. I don't know if you'd really be able to hold them for that long. They'd probably just, they'd probably just like pull you with them or something. Um, yeah, you should try that too. Yeah, yesterday at the U.S. Open, someone, uh, someone like went out onto the 13th fairway and started hitting balls. I would be so tempted to go out and uh, Bryson, Bryson hit like a near ace. He's like an inch away. I'd be so tempted to run out and hit that ball like into the rough. Or to like, uh, like if it ends up like near the, uh, like really close to the hole, just sprint down and tap it into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or to really- like start, or to like start like like uh like blowing at it and trying to get it into the hole. That was my exact thought yesterday because I was rooting for Oost Hazen, who lost by a stroke to John Rom. And so I was thinking, oh no, he he missed his shot at Eagle on the last. Now we just need a bunch of people to go out and blow it because I think it would Oost Hazen would get in trouble if he did that. But what would they do if the other people did? And the reality is that probably wouldn't work, but worth a try. Anyways, we, should, we probably should talk some swimming, huh? Since we said this was going to be the swim, uh, swimming trials. Well, I, I can't. Well, I think you're the one to blame for that because immediately you started talking about running strokes. <laughs> well, it's not my fault. That's the first thing that goes to mind. But, but okay, last non-swimming uh, trials, which running strokes should we implement? I would love one where you have to always be uh, be moving your both of your arms like in circles. Yeah, I think running freestyle maybe makes sense. I think we already have that, right? That's just what running is. Well, you know, you just have to be you just have to be moving your arms in a freestyle like motion. Oh, so I see. it's both so it's both an arms and legs exercise. Yeah, uh like, like on swimming, there's the dreaded mile and it's run track of the dreaded running freestyle. <laughs> yeah, infamous events. Uh, speaking of infamous events, uh, we could start. We, let's start with an infamous event, I guess, because because I started that sentence with speaking of infamous events. So I, I really dug that hole. Uh, I'm assuming I was going to ask what the hard, what you thought the hardest event of the week was, but I'm assuming you're going to say one of the longer, more difficult events. So, so no, seriously though, what was uh, what were some of the harder events you saw this weekend? Well, long, um, long course, you could make a case that 200 flies, the hardest event. Um, I can have trouble completing a 100. I've not, I haven't done the 200 fly. I aspire, I aspire to someday, but, um, really doing it, having like that 30% more swimming or whatever it is, just in butterfly makes it a completely brutal event. Um, I feel like that was definitely, I, I guess, uh, jumping to the analytical part of this, I feel like in women's that was, um, that was a pretty solid, pretty good event. Some solid times. Hey, um, I feel like, um, got, got too experienced, got too experienced, um, 
lads in that event uh, with Smith and Flickinger. Um, I, I'll get to. Wait, it doesn't lads refer to men? Well, I I didn't know what uh, fellows. I guess. Uh yeah. What, what what's the? I, I would say fellas, but I guess that uh that also refers to then. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I. Yeah, we need to come up with a new word for this because it is really throwing me off. That that women's race was definitely my, my favorite race of the two two hundred fly because I didn't because I felt like over the week we really got to know Flickinger and Smith and they definitely faced off in really exciting fashion. But I thought what happened after the men's race was much more interesting because if I remember correctly, was it Zach Harding who I texted you about after he won the two hundred fly? Uh, about how hilarious it was him getting up on the lane line and like, and like smashing uh, the water bees. That is my favorite thing swimmers do. It just looks so hilarious that they are that they're just, a, they, they are like the king of uh, Atlantis. I almost forgot that place. And, and they're just wait, wait, so much showboating. It's the thing. It's, it's very bold because like everyone it's like ever, I guess, in all sports, would everyone see the showboater? But like all the, but like but, all the, like all the attention is like all the attention is on you. Like a player and like like a football player might like do some touchdown celebration like after they score. But like fans are usually just like elated in general. Whereas like in swimming, like every all the eyes are like all the eyes are still on the are still on the pool. So. And also, like, all your competitors are watching you as well. And there's no – and in football celebrations, you have, like, your teammates with you. So it's real – and it's really – swimming showboating is really a one-man job. I've got a couple suggestions. So, so if, like, someone tries to drown you out of anger, you don't have anyone to back you up. <laughs> I've got a couple suggestions on this. So, first off, can we see this in another sport? Can Jacob deGrom, after throwing a complete game, like, hump the mound? Well, I, well, maybe, maybe, maybe swimmers are just, they're just more, um, more determined to showboat. Like they're, um, like maybe not, you don't see that because the MLB players are more, are more, are more afraid. Are, are you saying that swimming has a discipline problem? And yeah, also one out. thing, okay. I don't know. Did you ever, I don't know if you ever watched that video of the Duke guy that stirred, that was twerking when he walked into his, when he walked into his hundred fly race. <laughs> I did. You, you did or did yeah. not. Yeah, I did. Thank like you. that. I mean, that, that was also pretty, that was also pretty bold. Cause like he had like the, the camera was on him and I don't know. Probably that's a little more discreet because I don't know if the fans can see like what the swimmers do when they're walking in, and like wave one didn't draw nearly as much attention, didn't draw really anywhere near as much attention. So that one, I feel like that one was a, that one was a little less bold. Well, I would say uh, if you want to talk about dancing before races, we got to talk about the girl who uh before all her races does just a dance routine that might have been my favorite part of the entire week because it was it was one of the more hilarious things i've seen on a on a swimming pool there there's the word there there's the uh there's the apparatus i'm looking for uh as a swimming purist 
was this a humorous thing or was she disrespecting the game? Was, was she disrespecting the pool? Was she harming the water? Because I, I, mean, I for one, am very insulted by the water on, uh, on its behalf. I don't, I don't know. Saying, I feel like I, I think of somebody as more of like a, a gentleman's sport, but there are like some, I feel like it's deviating away from that because there's some real person, there's some real personalities um, really coming onto the scene. You, you think it's totally as a gentleman's sport, but you just endorsed uh, smashing the water. No, I, I love all of it. I, I love the celebrations. It cracks me up. I think it's, well, maybe yeah. the thing, wait, maybe one thing is that the, the broadcasters are paying them to do that so that something att- attracts more attention. So you're saying like the maybe it's showing that it's like not to show that's like they're they're paying them to like do those antics to show that something's like not a soft sport or something. Yeah, you know, it really help our sport getting people to dance before races. Uh, it's for sounds pretty. I mean, maybe they could like. I don't. I don't, I don't really. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe, like on Sports Center, they'd have to, um, like pay like NBC or whatever more money, like than they would before, so they can like continue to like rebroadcast dancing on like I don't know, they're not top ten or whatever. <laughs> not top ten. You mean or, well, top ten? Well, maybe it'd be like no, uh, maybe not top ten. They're like, oh, this is this isn't this doesn't look like swimming or something. Well, whatever, but NBC's winning in that scenario. I'm just insulted that you put that incredible performance on the not top 10. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what they're – well, it's, it's, just an ex, it's just an example. Okay, uh, favorite race to watch from the week. That's a very good, that's a very good question. I feel like the thing is, I like I'm more of a fan of like the best performances than like the like the favorite. If we're talking about best race, probably the men's and women's four hundred IMs. Yeah, I I just love that race. Because- but I've always but I've 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 always I prefer like the like the best performances because those are the ones I'm usually gonna like continue to watch so I can like see like how I can break the world record or whatever. Those are the <laughs> ones I generally favor, but like I feel like you're you're looking for like most like entertaining. Yeah, I mean to compare two things, uh me the most impressive thing I saw all week was Katie Ledecky in the fifteen hundred free, which we need to have a conversation about the fifteen hundred free and why they call it a, a mile. As a runner, it's insulting. You have to do those extra hundred meters to earn mile. Yeah, I agree I, I agree. I think like the summit in in terms of i think yards like i think it's a mile what even i don't know what a mile is in the yards i think it's like 17 like it's i think it's like 1700 or something let's see one uh 1760 exactly like why make it six like they couldn't they should it should be seven fifth 1750 like if you're making it a fifth like 50 being like the last two digits like you should or five and zero being the last two digits, it should be more exact, or at least make it like seven. At least make it like seventeen hundred, so that like is that's a little better, and this it's a little was, more accurate. This is probably the type of thing I should know, but w- was the uh, pool in meters or yards? 
uh, oh, pools and meters. There's no fifth. There's no fifty like yard length. Mm-hmm. There's okay. short course yards, which is twenty five yards across. Short course meters, which is twenty five meters across. And this was long course. And then there's long course meters, which this was. Yeah, just fifty meters across. Okay. Yeah. So back to what I was saying before, though. So Ledecky's fifteen hundred free, even if it wasn't a mile. I'm not going to call it a mile. I'm sorry. The fifteen hundred is not a mile. I, I will compliment her 1600 free all day, but it, or for or her mile free all day right there, but 1500 free. Great job. That was, that was arguably the most per, impressive performance of the entire trials. But like you said, there's a big difference in how riveting it was where the 400 men's free, for example, much lower quality in that Ledecky was going to could have like blown out the world record if she had wanted. Whereas in this case, it was a question of whether the U.S. men were going to qualify. Kieran Smith winds up doing so, and it was just very exciting to watch because I'm thinking, oh, is someone going to get there? Is someone going to represent our country? So it was very dramatic to watch that happen. Well, speaking of dramatics, there was the guy like the next day that got in, he got second in the 400 free, but he didn't get the qualifying time. And then he time trialed the event after like the um, – the evening session I'd concluded and swimming alone got the, um, got the qualifying time, which, I mean, that takes some guts to do like to time trial, like swimming against swimming in open pool with all eyes on you. And, um, you know, without even, without even a heat and like to, um, like the thought of not getting, not like achieving your goal through like having to go through that whole process alone definitely um ominous you never know what's gonna happen when you swim alone so, so someone might, you wouldn't even know until well, like, technically it's, it's it's the fastest will take it is the fastest like route like right, it, but, there's like water and stuff but you, you never know what's gonna happen where someone could sneak out onto the pool and attack you you wouldn't know until they did uh, you don't. You don't have seven other people to protect you. Who who, who could be your sacrifices? M- maybe this entire time you've been swimming and you're just coasting on their way. What, what if they? What would happen is they just like just turned off all the lights. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, okay, the meet's over. We'll let this guy finish up, and then you guys should all leave. Yeah, and then there's this just this one uh, security guard, very sus, and he and he sneaks out. And uh, can you imagine that though? If they did turn off all the lights and they like they uh, just or they just like forgot about him or something, <laughs> like not even just to troll him, but they didn't even know that there was still someone swimming. Yeah, and so then he was just there till the next morning, or they put the tarp over. Oh yeah, he would out. Yeah, he would. He would just uh, sleep on the swimming cover on the pool cover. <laughs> yeah, and then they pull it out in the morning, and he splashes in. Well, <laughs> what the real play would be if we're talking about this is if you think he can't make the qualifying time, you do what we just said. You turn off all the lights. You you send everybody home, and then the next morning you just say, "Yeah, he swear the qualifying time." Wow, that's yeah, big brain maneuvers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess so, if, if we're talking about other impressive race, how about um how about just the floor? How about the uh Florida men in general getting all uh qualifying every free like winning every freestyle event? Um, hearing you say Florida men makes me so happy because 
just having a Florida man reference on this podcast is it, it's incredible. That was, that was not an intent. That was that reference. That was, I was, I was referencing the university of Florida itself. So you're saying Caleb Dressel and, uh, and Karen Smith haven't tried to rob a Wendy's. Well, I, I, I don't have access to that information. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't confirming nor denying that. I was just, I, I don't, I don't want people, I don't want, uh, people to, um, latch on to this. Like I'm, uh, like Kieran Smith and Dressel are Florida men confirmed. Here, wait, let me just look it up. Has Caleb Dressel robbed a Wendy's? No, it doesn't say anything about it, uh, but who knows? Maybe he swept under the rug. But any, in terms of, I mean, one, I was really impressed. Uh, I feel like here, uh, the U.S. men, they've been very weak in the um, mid-distance and distance-free events. I feel like that could, um, I feel like that could change with uh, Smith putting up a pretty, he put up a pretty, uh, impressive. He put a pretty impressive um, 400 free time, and um, Fink put up great time, great times in both the 800 and 1500. In the 1500, he won by over, I, I think in the 1500, he won by like 15 seconds or something. Yeah, I mean, you can if you're really good at that distance, you can really put a hold on it. Uh, so obviously, the it was a little bit of a question whether Smith would qualify for that 400 free for, for the Olympics. How far do you think he's going to go there? Do you think he can make finals? I think he'll, I think he'll final because I believe in the European championships that happened a couple months ago, like the winning time, I think was like a 344, which is, I believe what, I believe Smith went a 344. So I think he'll, I think he'll qual. I, I don't, I think he'll qualify for the finals. Um, okay. But I've got a couple important questions. Was was Bobby Fink trapped in an unlocked closet for two days? Was Caleb Dressel desperate for a ride to Hooters and called nine one one? Was Kieran Smith did, did he try to steal a rack of ribs by stashing it in his pants? Those are all true Florida man stories. Whenever I'm bored, that is one of the great, best pages to look at. Just what were true headlines there? So did those things actually happen? Yes, I can send you the article afterwards. I mean, maybe I mean Dressel, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe he is a I don't I don't know what I never I don't know what like the what it takes to be a Florida man. I think you just run and do something dumb, but uh I, I think that Dressel's tattoo, what, what's your verdict there? I don't know. I think it's just I, I think it's just a a, like a sign of his like dominance almost i totally agree it's one of those things you're allowed to do if you're the best in the world at what you do and you just like you said assert your dominance if if you're the if you're ranked well the, the sick thing is that he got the ta- well the thing is he got the tattoos before like he um really assert himself as a um predominant force in the uh as of a as one of the um, predominant forces in the uh, sprinting category of swimming. Yeah, so th- that's a risky move. He kind of bet on himself there where he said, I know that if I don't 
if I'm not the best in the world, I'm going to look really lame with this, but I'm betting on myself. I'm going to say I'm going to do that. And he delivered. So credit to him. I think my two favorite Florida man story or my three favorite here are Florida man chews off another man's face. Florida man gets arrested <laughs> fighting drag queen with Tiki Torch runs for mayor and Florida man trapped in an unlocked closet for two days. <laughs> <laughs> two days. It's like longer than the second place finisher in the, in the 400 free was under that, uh, was in Shy Health Center alone. I don't know, I mean... You could the thing is in an unlocked closet, you could possibly just like get out by like pushing the door, like not even like like turning the handle, but just pushing the door. Yeah. <laughs> you had so many options. Like chose, okay, I'll just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> well, if he's trapped in an unlocked closet, was there like an object in front of the closet? I don't think so. It, it doesn't say, but it just says they thought they were stuck in a janitor's closet at a college for two days before realizing they could just open the door and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if one day, like three years later, someone, Oh, uh, I thought when you were telling me these stories, they were, they were about like, like the, like the, the Florida men had done, that was about <laughs> them specifically. Oh, like a cult. No, it's just, it's random people. Can you imagine though? Like three years later, someone's coming in to grab a mop and they just see these two dead bodies inside. I was just saying, like, uh, <laughs> Karen Smith, real well. I thought, like, your Florida man story is actually connected to the source themselves. Like, imagine <laughs> Karen Smith, I want to come back <laughs> three years ago. He was trapped in an unlocked closet, now he's going to the Olympics. <laughs> the Florida man desperate for a ride to Hooters, uh, calls 911, doesn't sound that far from a Devin Booker story, yeah, though. Uh, I, I just wish, yeah, that, that that would be an incredible NBC feature. Sounds kind of like the Ryan Lochte story where he, um, when he was, I don't know, I don't yeah, like out partying or whatever, he claimed that he was held at gunpoint in Brazil. It's <laughs> just the dumbest thing to lie like about. Create a, to like create a diversion or something. Yeah, I thought NBC was great on all those features all week. I liked the Regan Smith one. I liked a lot of them, but it, they really missed an opportunity with this Florida man thing. If we want to talk about NBC, we got to talk about Rowdy Gaines, who is just my new favorite voice to have in my head. First of all, I love how much he says says literally when it's not a situation to use literally. I I just literally love it. I this morning. At, what what is the proper situation to use literally? Well, okay. If we want to do grammar corner, mm-hmm. it's when you when something is actually true. But he's saying stuff that is true. No, he said, no, like one time he said, like, Regan Smith's heart is literally beating out of her chest. No, it's not. It is still in her chest. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure about that? You sure she didn't just die on the scene from her heart escaping her chest? Okay, Regan, we're going to have you uh, sign the drum. But first, we need to make sure that your heart is still in your chest. So we're going to have to do a full, full on surgery here. One thing about Smith, I I was stunned that she didn't qualify for the 200 back. Yeah, I think Rowdy and Tyrico called that the upset of the tournament. I or, or of the of the meet, excuse me, wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, where I, I don't know, I don't really know anything that parallels that. I mean, yeah, it was 
fairly chalky throughout the week. And it that was a weird race in that it did seem like she had it controlled where through 100 meters, you weren't thinking, okay, something's wrong. And then there wasn't even really a big move that was made. It was just at some point in the last lap, the other two made moves and it was clear, okay, she's not doing this. Right. And it's also, she had had such a good meet prior to that. Like she got it. I mean, she qualified for the 200 fly, which wasn't expected. She um, earned her bid in the 100 back. And she even, I think, and she even like made the final in the 100 fly. So she's very, I mean, she's very productive up to that point. And I mean, 200 back, she's possibly like, I think that she, that was the event unless she was most likely to make it given that she had like two years prior, she had smashed Missy Franklin's world record in that event. And, um, I guess she did have the record. She did have the American record in the hundred back when like those sprints, they can be a little, they can be a little more volatile given the increased competition, but an event like the 200 back, like that was, that was really hers. That was really hers to lose. Yeah. It's a great point that as the meter count goes up, the favorites probability of winning goes where if as great as Dressel is, even if he just makes a mistake in that 50 free, he might lose. Whereas when you have 200 meters to work with, there's definitely a little bit more space. Yeah. It was just, I mean, I wonder if I, I'm going to pull out, I'm going to pull out one of the, um, I'm, I'm going to pull out one of the um, tricks in the uh, announcer's handbook. Did the, did the toll, what uh, was the toll of the meat wearing on her? Or it, my, my personal favorite is, if you're Regan Smith, what was the what was the toll of the meat wearing on you? Uh, I, I just love that terminology where if you're this person and, and then you can say, you know, Mike, if I was Regan Smith, I think I would just win the gold medal. Uh, that, that would be my move. Uh, speaking of announcers, uh, um, one thing that was notable is that Mike Tirico is actually actually replaced Dan actually replaced Dan Hicks. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Uh Hicks has just gone for the week for the US Open. He's gonna be back for the Olympics, which I really no, like. No, he's a, he's, he's just gone for, he's just gone forever, Casey. <laughs> they just we're, not, we're not we're not gonna see much of him. We're not gonna see much more of him. In fact, any of them. <laughs> Did is he gonna go to an unlocked closet in Florida? I, I don't know. You you tell me. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. Yes. Uh, Tariko is just really good at everything he does back at ESPN, the NBA games, whatever they tasked him with. Now here at NBC, he did players championship, Indy 500 swim trials. He's really good at everything. And I really like how he anchors the coverage. And then also I did find myself missing Hicks a little bit because the energy, both he and of course, Rowdy, who I imagine is called Rowdy for a reason is really unparalleled. So I, I can't wait to see them back at the Olympics as well. Right. It would, um, it wasn't really much. I mean, Rowdy's the one you remember because he's always, um, I mean, being a former, being a former swimmer, he's always the one that, um, is most hyped up. So having like, I guess, I think they call kind of like the secondary announcers, like the smaller personalities, if you will, kind of like the, I think they call him like the play by play guy. Well, like, well, I mean, how like Walton's like play by play guys, like Dave passion and whatnot. 
I wouldn't say so it's like, like the play by so I guess you can call Tariq like the play by play guy. That that's not um near that's not nearly as um you don't remember that nearly a, as much as um what's as uh yeah. what's, what's his rowdy with his literally <laughs> I mean I, I I wouldn't say it's that Tariq has a smaller role, it's just a different one where you play by play guys generally that's their career is calling these things right thing in swimming it's like a stroke by stroke announcer and so yeah that their job is just kind of narrate the action and then the color analysts the analysts the color commentators whatever you want to call them really provide their uh really really, really provide the extra energy that rowdy as rowdy maybe one of the best i can remember doing maybe dickie v in college basketball like this morning i had an intense run finishing up my last hundred meters and you just hear rowdy Gaines screaming in your ear and you just get that extra kick of energy what what was he screaming in your ear what what was he screaming in your ear i i don't remember it was more just just, it's more just the noise of rowdy Gaines yelling that it's not really anything but i I guess it was it was he was he um maybe you're thinking of like when you were hollering last week but it was rowdy Gaines hollering (laughs) <laughs> Rowdy Gaines doesn't even need to holler for me to be excited. Like he could just be listing off items on a grocery list and it's milk. We're getting lactose free. One thing that imp- impressed me is just how quickly he says everything. I know it's amazing. And you can, you can tell he really has the enthusiasm and you love to see that. Speaking of commentators, what was your thoughts on the Phelps segments? I really liked having his analysis added. I don't actually, I don't think I really actually saw any of the, uh, I don't know if I really saw, actually, I don't think I saw really any of the Phelps segments. I saw a lot, like they showed him a lot, like just his, uh, him being there, but I didn't hear, I didn't, I didn't see him in this segments where he was actually talking. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I think he, he did a few, couple of the races, but, but I know I, I probably saw more of him because I watched more of the TV coverage. You, you more watch the YouTube clips. It seems we had to talk about Lily King because we had a great time talking about her last week when we got together and her propensity to ask people questions like right before, right after the race, where we were talking about her going over to hug some, somebody and what's the capital of Azerbaijan? Right. And I, I thought that, and I, when you guys told me about that, I wasn't sure if like that was a real thing, but then there was like Annie, I think there was some segment where like Annie Laser was talking about like, I think it, she said like Lily being Lily like so i'm assuming that's what so i guess it is very real yeah that, that's the thing is i really liked how she phrased that because lily king does seem like a great person judging because that whole narrative with king and laser going one two and that event was so cool but but also the, the lily being lily thing totally crap cracked me up because that's totally what you would say about someone who is almost hyper competitive to like a sociopathic level where they're just being them <laughs> Yeah, you can't, uh, yeah, don't, you, you're not, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to view this person negatively because they're just being their selves. <laughs> yeah, uh, my power rankings up there are no offense, but which, which you used a lot on me when you were in like second grade. Um, I'm just saying, because uh, you, you really suck. I'm just saying. And then. I'm just being myself or I'm just being honest or I'm a straight shooter is also up there. I'm thinking about which, which are, I think no, no offense is always. 
yeah i'm i'm glad i don't i'm glad i don't use that anymore because it's just a key it's like you know they're gonna say something offensive 100 <laughs> percent. yeah great phrase uh, i also like the lily king staring thing where she just stares at so uh, someone across the pool I, can you imagine just uh just if uh, if just her intense uh, in her full intense race mode is staring at you, you'd be sweating so hard. You know what I really want to see though is Lily King and the girl who dances like next to each other in lanes, where one of them singing opera tunes and the other one's glaring intensely. Well, that's kind of similar to in the uh, 2016 Olympics where there was Michael Phelps with the. Uh, like mad. I don't know if I call it like a mad frown on his face, while <laughs> Chad Leclerc was like shadow boxing in the ready room. <laughs> or who is the gymnast? Uh, from, uh, from the Rio Olympics, I believe who had the frowny face. I like that as well. Uh, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, Logan cannot. Logan, you can't recite the entire uh USA gymnastics team. No, sadly, I cannot. No, that's too bad. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have you back on at some point so you can learn the entire climate of our... Yeah, you're going to have to give me some flashcards. Okay, so Simone, Simone Biles, she's good. She's very good. She's very that's, that's the one I... Well, I know because they showed like 80,000 commercials of her. <laughs> I mean... What bothers me is when there's an athlete who kind of sucks, but they're showing commercials of them. Like uh, yesterday at the U.S. Open, Justin Rose shoots plus 13 on Thursday and Friday, and this is the cut, but he's in all the ads. But if you're as great as Biles... Maybe they just don't. They want you to have low expectations of yourself so you stay happy. But when you're arguably the greatest gymnast of all time, uh, yeah, or not arguably, I think she just is now, uh, you're entitled to uh, that treatment. One thing, um, I definitely, I don't know if it, I sound like a jerk saying this, but I feel like there's a little too much Nathan Adrian talk because he was never really that, he was never really, never really reached um, a, like dominance in the sprinting world. He's definitely like a world-class sprinter, but he hasn't reached anywhere, reached anywhere near this kind of dominance of like Ledecky or King or like even um, who's like I don't who's like who's another who's another one or like Adam Adam Peaty from England. I, I get the I get the point with like the uh, the kind of adversity he's the kind of adversity he's dealt with. I think they actually handled. I felt, it really I felt like it was. I felt like it, I felt like it was a little. There was a little like it was a little overdone. I think it, no, I disagree. I think it was actually handled really well in that you could over. It's definitely possible to overdo a storyline like that, but they didn't. They didn't make it like the entire. I like. I like that they kept it like they were only talking about him like during the sprint events. Well, yeah, I, I think it made perfect sense. Is he is one of the best stories in this trials where. He overcame. But I feel like one thing that sort of took attention away from. I mean, like Caleb Dressel completely dominated both freestyle events when they were like, um, they kept on going back to like Adrian not making the team. I, I didn't have an issue with that. In that they, I thought all week they gave Dressel his shine. In that I, I've obviously heard about Dressel for years at the World Championships, but 
the way they presented him, you could definitely tell, oh, okay, this guy's different. This guy is the best at what he does in the world, but then also gave Adrian some shine, some hype about this, this great challenge he was going on. So I, I actually, really- I don't know. Maybe it was just the Modelo commercials that annoyed me. <laughs> How they were like voicing struggle through beer. <laughs> yeah, in the, the irony surrounding that, it's like you have like Nathan Adrian's story, like having to like get back in shape after uh, his cancer and like great and um, ra- like raising a family during that. And then you're like, well, um, there are those who struggle who um, by drinking, by um, by being a normal person and drink and uh, drinking a Modelo, you're really embodying the struggle. Well, so here's the thing about those ads. I think from a presentation of a human interest story, it's great. Not just the Adrian ones, which I love, but all of those that do highlight cool stories. What I don't get about any of these beer ads is, hey, if you thought Nathan Adrian's story. Also, where did they find that, that they have some amazing and like inspiring music? Yeah, that music is awesome. Uh, so I would say if I were old enough to buy alcohol, I would. It's like a really well done commercial, but I, I just, I don't, it's like, I don't really get what like the underlying message is. So that's what I don't understand about most commercials is I think there is something about exposure where you just want exposure. You want people like us just talking about it. You, you want us being like, oh, hey, just while talking, just, hey, did you see that? Uh Nigger Modelo ad with Nathan Adrian. Did you see Brooks Kepka uh, endorsing Michelob Ultra? I don't. I think it's less advertisements are for you to actually buy their product, but it's more for exposure. Where I'm in the supermarket and I have a fake ID, or I'm above 21. We'll go with that. We're gonna say I am above. <laughs> McLovin. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and I'm like, hey, I, I I want some alcohol. Which, for the record. Um, I, I'm not currently interested in downing a package of uh, any alcoholic substance, but if I, if, if I were, and I'm about 21, then I'm thinking, Hey, how about this? Should I choose Budweiser? You, you sound like you sound so suspicious with that. <laughs> <laughs> like for the record, I have no interest in any alcoholic substances. <laughs> uh, so, so, so which, which one should I drink? Hmm, well, I, I think it's less, it's less anything conscious that, Oh well, Nathan Adrian endorses Negro Modelo, so I should too. It's more like, oh well, that's kind of ingrained in the back of my mind. Let's let's go with their beer because I've heard of it. Yeah, I guess it kind of gets them like the name in your head. Yeah, I think that's the thing about insurance ads as well. Now I still have that that music stuck in my head. I don't oh, know. Do do do. It's it's totally what I. I I want to try and find that on Spotify because I, uh, I, I just want to plug that in. The Rocky music or whatever. Have I heard the Rocky music? Well, Logan, we had this beef like a year ago where I was so mad at you that you had never seen the Rocky movies. I've never seen it, but I know what the music is. Hey, you better know what the music is. Uh, let's see. So, well, you thought on Omaha. Obviously, it's there every four years. What's your take on Omaha, Nebraska? You, you have any hot takes on the kansas nebraska act on that on that regional area regional Um, area nebraska is full of nothingness it's real it's really interesting spot for like really anything like 
Lincoln, Nebraska is it's like a it's almost like a ghost town. Like in the middle, it's like in the middle of nowhere. And then they're just there's just like this big football stadium. You think Abraham uh, Ghost is there? I, I don't know. I don't know if Omaha is any different, but I'm assuming, but like a lot of the uh cities in like the mid in the Midwest and um in the south and really all and most and yeah they're just kind of in the middle of there's like they kind of like pop up in the middle of nowhere yeah so right. it's like intra, I don't, it's just interesting that they have such a big event there mm-hmm. I, I think there's also what is it like the college world series that's also there yeah that's the thing this week is more lively than any other in omaha in, in the next four years where not only do you get both of those things where like when I hear Omaha, those are the two sporting events I think of. And, and I guess any Peyton Manning game, but they're on the same week <coughs> with now last couple of days, college world series starting. Right. I, 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 <clears throat> I mean, some, whatever, some, I mean, I guess the location doesn't really matter. I mean, if they have a, a great venue and, they get great attendance each year. Like, I mean, I think, I hope in my lifetime I get to go to one of the Olympic trials, like regardless of where, like regardless of where it is, it's like the, I don't, I guess it's, it's, it's the experience. It's just the, it's the experience that matters, not necessarily the location. Exactly. And I think there is something to be said for the experience of something like like, uh, well, not that I guess the location, like if you're going to a trip that would definitely alter the experience, but the, like there could be like a nice venue, really swimming venue, really anywhere. And your experience wouldn't be differed based on where it is. Unless I guess it's like in somewhere really high altitude and you're the swimmer. I was about to say, Logan says, hey, the <coughs> doesn't matter. And they move it to this uh, to, to, to this, re- this rural area in Montana where there is absolutely nothing. There's just this pool. <laughs> and maybe there's just this. Uh, no, they moved it to, to the Yellowstone Zone of Death. You know about that? It's like my most interesting thing that I look up. It's this place in Idaho where due to some law, uh, some weird laws, like you can commit any crime there. So you you down to go there for the Olympic trials with me? I don't know. Maybe it's like the uh, you can get killed outside the venue, but not inside the venue. Yeah, it's like a reverse. That would just make you want to be in the in the venue more. You know, it'd be lit having the Olympic swim trials on the same day as the purge. So, so you're swimming, you're trying to go your fastest, but also you're thinking, Hey, any one of these people could jump down here and kill me. Or they could like snipe you or something. You don't want to, you don't want to swim faster or you'd want to swim really erratically. So they like yeah. can't swim. Yeah. You want to swim really fast, but you don't want to swim like straight. You're, you're just going all over your lane. But since it's the purge also, I guess then we'd have to remove all rules in swimming. So then you could go into other people's lanes and push them. And I, I think holding the swim trials on a, on the purge would create a very interesting situation. Yeah, and, and, I, and yeah, NBC would love that. 
<laughs> yeah, here, here we are live in the live in the zone of death where swimmers are getting shot during the races. But Dan, Dan, this is Mike Tarico here. If you you get assassinated, all, all, <laughs> and then like, there's like, like then there's Rowdy Gates. People are literally getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> no he would say literally everyone has died when there are still like dozens of people alive exactly yeah this madman's got a sniper and he's aiming for <laughs> Caleb Russell but he outruns him and he locks himself in a broom closet and stays there for eternity but it turns out it's unlocked back to you Mike <laughs> over to you Michelle for our interview with the sniper Hey. <laughs> yeah wait how do we end up talking about this again <laughs> uh we're talking about I, I know, we're I from... that's on you because you asked me about how omaha was and then you decided to talk about the the zone of death well you said you didn't care where it was so i just wanted to come up with the most <laughs> outlandish location possible no though i i think there actually is something to be said for a location like omaha where any event in New York or, you know, where they hold the Final Four and, and uh, Super Bowl, like Indianapolis, Atlanta, all the usual suspects, those are really cool. But also a smaller place like Omaha, which I understand is a decently sized city, is really cool because you feel that energy around the place that this is this is the place to be. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's sort of, yeah, it's, it's nice that it, it's like its own its own separate place sort of if that makes sense like it had it's like the olympic trials is omaha's thing just as like the little league world series is william port's thing right definitely in our lifetime uh there is that identity with omaha as that place where the swim trials are even if we only get those every four years just like you mentioned there with williamsport wait and maybe wait maybe Wait, isn't the the venue is called Chai Health Center? Maybe that's foreshadowing for where it's going to be in the future. Oh, you're saying Chicago? I think that's just what they call the the Creighton Basketball Stadium. I, isn't that wild though? How? Uh, if oh, they that's like... the Creighton Stadium. I was wondering, like, where I knew that was in Omaha, so I was wondering, like, where that would be. And that's oh, interesting. Yeah, can you imagine Marcus Zagorowski pulls up for three and they're like, sorry, we got to replace the uh, replace the basketball court with the pool now and everyone just falls in. One thing about that that facility, though, it's like a warm-up pool. Is, it's ama- It's like amazing. Like, I'd yeah, be... I mean, a, not really only, does, like, the competition pool, but the warm-up facility is insane as well. It really does impress me how they can set up this incredible swimming venue and like I, I just got to see on TV, you know, the fan sections, the regular pool. But as you test to, there, there are a lot of other cool facilities there. And it's crazy that they can set it up out of a place that every winter is a basketball stadium. And one thing, apparently, the thing at the Chai Health Center is like the mesh material that you walk on. Huh. Like it's, it's like everywhere there's like a walkway, like there's like some sort of mesh, like a mesh what do I call it? Ground mesh flooring. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I mean, it's shy health center. So I guess it's like supposed to be healthy. Like, Hey, maybe mesh. Yeah. So you've heard about a bone broth diet. Have you heard about walking around on mesh floor? 
I'm calling my shot. 2040. That is going to be the architecture trend of the year. All right. That's that's bold predictions. Yeah, that's certainly bold. I wonder what the what Forbes has like the odds on that as. Yeah. How much, to... how much money you could make from that? Yeah, I have to find a sports book that will let me bet on the 2040 architecture trend of the year as dictated by Casey at the bats, uh, the Casey at the bat swimming podcast. Is there going to be an Olympics? Or, no, uh, oh, I thought you were going to mention your own, like, you know, your own sports book or whatever. <laughs> oh, good call. Thank you're you. Gonna, you're going to, you're going to like bet on your own. You're going to like, I don't know, make like the, make like the odds, like plus 2000, then bet on it yourself and then, and bet on it at your own sports book. So, and then you're going to, you're going to make, you're going to, I don't, I don't know how to, you're going to like make money from your own bet at your own sports book, how that makes, how that's going to work. I don't know, but I, I think you can figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to drive my tax bill up. This is only going to lose me money, but I'm going to drive my tax bill up by saying I won all this money for myself. So, uh, or, <laughs> or you're going to like go rob a bank or something and say it's all for my sports, just for my sports book. Don't worry about it. Yeah, which is a real strategy, believe it or not, where if you rob a bank and you say you have this sports book, then yeah i just made this bet i just made this bet 20 years ago i'm collecting my i'm collecting my winnings now yeah i bet as as dictated by my own sports book as dictated by me yeah in fifth grade i bet a kid 20 that uh on the on like our overnight field trip that there wasn't like i said there was a room of a bunch of kids at point bonita i think it's called near san francisco where they didn't have a chaperone and he didn't believe me so we bet on it and he still hasn't paid me back and so i was in that you know casey i was in the room with no chaperones oh nice how was it yeah and there's some real crazy stuff that went down (laughs) not like we not like we all just like went to bed or anything <laughs> okay, uh, I, I'm just not sure which way to go. I where... wonder, like, how we could have even taken advantage of that. I mean, if you were... <laughs> so, like, everyone just snuck out of the room or something and just got <laughs> lost in Marin or whatever. I mean, if we were this eight, age, eight, eight boys without in room without a chaperone roaming around Marin, <laughs> eight, and there they could sell like eight fugitives on the loose. <laughs> yeah it would be hilarious because it was a it was a ymca if you like word strippers right <laughs> yeah <I'm>, uh, <laughs> yeah so it, on that same trip that that same kid uh th- thought that the sandwiches we were getting they, it turned out they were just like i think it was turkey sandwich and he thought he, they said cookie sandwich and so it was a very <laughs> exciting minute for him to eat. that's like actually sounds pretty good yeah, I know. I would totally take a cookie sandwich 10, 10 days out of the I, I was going to say 10 times out of 10. Then I was going to say seven days out of the week. And then I got, got 10, 10 days of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Uh, so you, you mentioned 400 IMs. Uh, that, that was, I think, my favorite. What, race. like 30 minutes ago or something? Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I'm just kind of rounding up some of our swimming talk because. I wanted to mention that because it was probably my favorite race because it's just so interesting the ways it sways back and forth and back and forth in that 
in most races, obviously you're going to have different pacing strategies where you see some guys make up these freakish amount of times. Others like Michael Andrew, who I'm so fascinated by watching. Uh, he, he's, he obviously sprints like that 200 I, I am, and it's electric to view. But in this 400 I am, you just never know because everyone has a different strength. So yeah, like Tori Husk went out really fast in that butterfly, but that's her strength. There's going to be Melanie Margalis making up some, uh, some ground in the breaststroke and just so many interesting dynamics there. Thing is, the Forge Nyam, I like watching it, but like it's kind of annoying to rewatch because I really only the race really did. It's like it's really not a race until like the last two hundred. So it's like the first half that you're kind of just sitting there waiting for the backstroke to be over until like the moves really get made in the breaststroke. Yeah, you, you should tell someone that, and, and then they may maybe like if you give someone this advice, they'll just sit there for the butterfly and backstroke, and then there's your life hack. You you win the four hundred IM going to Tokyo for the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You could just, um, I mean, yeah, there has to be a story about how someone got away with only swimming the the like second half of the four hundred IM. <laughs> it's out. It's out. It's happened before. You just haven't seen it yet. Obviously not in the Olympics, but I do have some hope for, for that in a local meet where they, they just worked on their holding their breath, were able to go underwater. I think it'd be possible for a 200 IM if they could hold hold their breath for long enough and uh, perhaps hide, hide. So you, you hide underwater for the most part, but then you're probably going to need to come up for air at some point. You, you, and so you can kind of be sneaky, gra- grab a quick breath. I, I definitely think it could happen. Yeah, it's the time of the podcast where we're getting out of hand. So it's time to you want to rank the four strokes based on how hard they sound. I was thinking about this. So butterfly is the hardest, I would say, but it sounds the easiest because you fly. But then, but then I would say freestyles. Okay, next. we can we can cut this. We can like cut this short because <laughs> it's really it's a, this is this is a quote. Do you guys really want, or do the imaginary people really want to listen to this? <laughs> and then we got backstroke and breaststroke, and that's where it gets tough for me because they're both parts of the body fairly similar, and so I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I would say tie for third. What's 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 your take, Logan? You look like you're in hell. Just how did I get here? Questioning all your life. I'm, I'm, how did I get here? That's, <laughs> I don't know how you can't. I don't. It's. I thought we were at. You're going to talk about how, like, how it would have still been like kind of a waste of time talking about how difficult the strokes were. But then you said, how difficult do they sound? <laughs> I mean, it, what is? I mean, just a butterfly. It sounds so light. It's it. It does, and and so it should be the easiest stroke. So it's I, like the most ignorant thing I've, and it's it's basically like how how ignorant are you? Do you disagree with that? Does butterfly not sound like a really easy stroke? I agree, but then again, I don't know. The thing is, what butterfly? Butterfly to me that sounds like not. I don't think of the flying part. It's just think of like a butterfly itself. Yeah, and it's so that's it's, like oh. what it's kind of made up, and but then and a butterfly, and, but then like freestyle, like you don't really, I guess it's called freestyle because so you can technically do whatever you want, but like hearing 
I feel like backstroke, I feel like you would know what's on your back just by hearing about it. Breaststroke, I, I wouldn't have any idea what it was by hearing of it. Yeah, it's 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 tough to imagine. You think it's something where like you almost flop your your stomach. I, I think I think breaststroke needs a rebrand because you should be able. Same with uh, I think butterfly. Whoever created it, smart because they knew that if we called it really hard uh, piano drops on your backstroke, uh, then people wouldn't do it. But oh, butterfly, that sounds so easy. Let me try that out. Yeah, that's. I feel bad for the people that actually that's that was actually their that was actually their rationale. Yeah, true true story. That's actually how um, Michael Phelps or how Haley Flickinger uh, started swimming to, uh, backstroke or butterfly and or maybe you don't be genius like a few like you took like a a stroke with like butterfly like you took like the two hundred fly and then you just <laughs> you convince someone that butterfly is the only stroke. <laughs> Well, no, you convince someone that it's just called fly, so you need to fly, so you have this little or airplane that goes back and forth. Like, or if you convince someone that, like, the mile was the only event. <laughs> <laughs> so they're pacing really slowly. I'm wondering if that's how, like, my dad grew up, because he would, like, only swim the distance events when up until, like, he was in high school. Huh. Yeah, so true story about Haley Flickinger, though, where when she was six, she's like, hmm, what should I do? I could do freestyle. I could do backstroke, I could do breaststroke, I could do butterfly. And she's like, wow, butterfly, that sounds really easy. Let me do that. And now she's in the Olympics. Yeah, if, if, if <laughs> I, I can't believe we're, re- we're really endorsing this kind of thinking. <laughs> I can believe it. This is all, this is my kind of thinking. By the way, I was just trying to look up Haley Flickinger and I accidentally, uh, left out the eye and just typed in how flicking her. And the first thing that comes up is a sex offender in Syracuse, New York. Which I just thought was pretty interesting. I wonder if he's in the sex offender shuffle. <laughs> I'm just going to drop this conversation before we go any further. Uh, you got any other thoughts on the week of swimming? I mean, for, if we're bringing up impressive performances, which always comes, which is always followed by some really weird conversation. <laughs> um, I mean, Mark, Michael Andrew, he went from really, Michael Andrew. He really went from like being a bust in the swimming world. I mean, went pro at 14, 13 or 14 years old, made no noise at last year's Olympics. I maybe, I think he might've made, I don't even know if he made a final and not, didn't really do much at last year's world championships either at no, two world championships two years ago. Um, so I, I don't see what the big deal is. So basically, so basically like he was like early in his career, like really for, I mean, for someone who was like voice as a prodigy, we we're like, it was anticipated that you would see him like making noise on like the world scale, like, um, like right after, um, graduating from high school, but now at, uh, 22, he really, um, we really just saw his, um, really just saw his breakthrough after looking, after looking like a, after, um, looking like something of a bust and, um, breaststroke breaking, smashing the American record and, um, posting one of the, I think like the third best time of the year. And then in 
the 209 I'm posting the fastest time of the year. And I mean, just had, I mean, being ahead of the world record pace going into the freestyle in both the final and in the semis. And then in that, um, then also qualifying and then also uh, qualifying the 50 free. One thing I've, I've been hearing is that in the 200 IM his sort of lack, his sort of lack of endurance in that event with um, being kind of dead after the um, breaststroke I've heard won't uh, might not serve him super well in the long term since like being a young swimmer, he's sort of rel- he's been relying on that I guess sort of that really early speed to get him through these get him through these races and that um like as and that as he gets as he gets older that might not um that not might, might not be good for the long term yeah I I just uh I think it's just so interesting to watch him I don't know if I'm rooting for him or what but in that 200 IM, it is just the most fascinating thing to watch. Just a guy whose strategy is so different where it is go out as hard as you can. Although I do have one thing to fact check. He's allegedly the, <coughs> young, uh, the youngest American swimmer to go pro at 14. I went pro in swimming at 12. So sorry to all the, the people who believe <laughs> that. Seems, yeah, it seems so like arbitrary. Like you can just <laughs> kind of say like you're going you can just say like you're going pro and then like it's not like something really happens yeah like uh i I bet some kid his parents said i'm gonna get you ice cream if you get a certain time and then he gets that time he gets ice cream that's compensation so that in my mind counts as a professional so i'm gonna start hashtag michael andrew is not the first uh, is not the youngest American swimmer to go pro. That will be uh, go professional. That will be a catchy hashtag. Hashtag catchy. Hashtag. And I can't tell you like the amount of swimmers, including myself, like after uh, the big like um, big wreck meet to end out the um, summer of wreck swimming. Like their or my parents, their parents would um, like buy them shaved ice afterwards. Shaved ice seems like a scam. Like, why do you shave it? Why do you make less? Just, just give me normal ice. Okay, that it's not is not the response I was looking for. <laughs> what was the response you were looking for? Congratulations, like, you're Logan. You're such a genius. Well, Logan, you, you discovered that hundreds of swimmers have gone pro too. Wow, Logan, you're you're really nailed. You're the next Woodward and Bernstein, getting these investigative journalism. Uh, my my other favorite thing about Michael Andrew is that he's kind of like the Bryson DeChambeau of swimming. It seems like where he's just a very kind of weird dude and kind of different. Like the, I love usurped because it sounds a lot like usurped, which would be a good word for passing and swimming, but then also just that just having a five letter acronym rules. And then also him saying his biggest rival is himself. I, I just love that phrase. Okay. So. That's okay. That's a, the thing is that's like kind of true because he trains alone. I'm pretty sure he trains by himself. Whereas like you looked at all those, the Florida men, if we're going to call them like Lochte and the, um, and the free and the freestylers. Um, I mean, they all compete against one another and practice. And then you had um, Nick Fink and uh, Cordis and 
well, and Andrew Wilson, who it all, um, who all trained together and, um, at Athens Bulldogs and Lither and Litherland and Kalish, who also trained at Athens at Athens. And I think like Ryan Murphy, like qualf- didn't he get like qualify with his teammate in the 200 back? I was about to say, don't disparage the Cal guys. Don't, don't, exactly. don't fail to drop them. Yeah. Yeah. They won two in that 200 back. Right. Like they're all these guys that are, I mean, competing against their t- competing against their teammates. Mike, I mean, Michael Andrew kind of did look like he was competing against himself and that uh, two inch <laughs> I am and also in like that hundred breast prelim and semi um like he it's maybe i mean maybe we reach an age where like somers are sort of developed individually rather than like among others if um like i read that book gold in the water where um the coach he the one of the main characters wilkins basically did his own sets Hmm. Like apart from the club team that he swam on with like all the other um, national and international level swimmers, he would uh, train on and he would really train on his own. And that's how he, that's how um, he got onto the world scale. I think it's maybe just- that, like maybe that like becomes more prominent. Cause I mean, clearly for Andrew, he was one of the most triumphant um, Americans at this meet. I think it's different strokes for different folks. Get it? Because you do strokes in swimming. <laughs> also, this gold in the water book, uh, has anyone told them that gold, like in water, like that might not be safe for the swimmers? I can't believe you're smiling after that. I feel like I would be in pain. You know what? I don't. I don't know like how else to react to that than like laughing. Like, I mean, I would if I like took you seriously every moment. I would. I, I don't know how I'd like survive. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you would probably. <laughs> you probably wouldn't be friends anymore. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andrew just really interesting, but I, I do believe what I said about the different strokes for different folks, where I think there are a lot of people who really benefit from that team mentality, but a lot of others who are best on their own and who will work that way. So I think you're just going to see a greater branching out into two distinct paths where you do team up with others and really lift yourself up or you do it yourself which ha- which has its merits as well it just really depends on the swimmer where you can see different things working for different people right and one thing that's also kind of cool is that andrew is trained by his dad right yeah that's who he's who he uh yeah who, who he really trains I wonder with. if he i wonder if he pays his dad for coaching him <laughs> yes yeah, that's an interesting question i've, I've always wondered kind of yeah i mean that's like a lot of time spent to like his um spent to like his son's development i know like my dad doesn't have time to that you're gonna have to pay your thing about that that's like two hours or something every day probably even more for someone at andrew's level i mean i think it's full i think his dad probably trains him full time in which case you would think that especially with the amount of money andrew's pulling in that parents take a cut yeah uh, you meant just last thought, really, or I'll probably have 30 more last thoughts, but 
you mentioned Lochte uh, talking about the Florida men. Uh, you think we're going to see him in a pool again, like at a competitive event? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Cause I mean, really one thing I've, one thing my dad mentioned was that like the world championships, like draw so much more attention, so much less attention, even though they're like basically like the level they're very they're very near like the like the level of like importance of the olympics in swimming but they maybe get like a sixth of the viewers or something just because it doesn't have like the olympic brand on it and i feel like the world championships are in i believe like a year from now but um they don't really have like that I don't, I don't, I don't know like what Lochte is like swimming for at this point. So if he, I don't, maybe if, he, if he's like swimming to like inspire others at this point, uh, like to show that like anyone that anyone is capable of the kind of comeback that he's been making. Like, I don't know. I don't, he's not going to get that uh, sort of glory at the world championships, which is in either a year or two. Yeah. It's next year. in I mean, Japan. it's, and I don't, and definitely too, and definitely he's definitely too old to. I don't. I think he'd be too old to compete at the next Olympics. Going to need to be forty at that time. Um, exactly. So I feel like this should. This yeah, this could. Yeah, that's definitely. I think. I think that it's more likely than not. I think it's more likely than not that he. Um. And more likely that he um, is done competing than than not. Agreed. And especially now that he has a, um, like I, I get, especially now that he has a fam, he has uh, family and two, um, two kids. Right. Who convinced? Him, who made him realize? Hey, maybe next time I shouldn't lie about getting mugged. Right. I mean, it's. Yes, I mean that's. I guess if he he went out a certain, it's. It, I guess it depends. Like, I feel like that would be. Like the only reason he's swimming at this point to sort of, like resurrect his image. Yeah, right. He wants to be in the Olympics, just sneak in there, have his little puff piece feature, and but yeah, I, I agree that I don't think it's gonna, happen. Logan, as a swimming purist, would you be offended if I intentionally mis- mispronounced his name and said something like Ryan Loshta? Would that be disrespectful to the sport? Yeah, I, I, I think I think Lochte still deserves some respect. I mean, given that at his age he qual he even qualified for a final at the Olympic trials, he he deserves some sort of respect. Yeah, and was he in lane he, six? He's, he's, he's somewhat of a disgrace to swimming um to the swimming community himself but he he's still i mean given the kind of glory he's achieved i mean he is probably the most he's the, like the most productive swimmer ever besides michael phelps you could say actually wow. and mark spitz third most productive swimmer ever so he he deserves some res- he deserves some respect so maybe i would be offended if he pronounced his name incorrectly Wow, a disgrace! Uh, you call me a disgrace, but you wouldn't mind if any if anyone uh, 
mispronounce my my name you, you call me the disgrace of the game a lot I, in fairness i guess i deserve it for messing with you that much and disrespecting your sport of swimming right here by again every time i would make a mistake in like football you'd call me a disgrace to the game <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite terms what can i say uh yeah so that'll do it for the trials i i had a great time with this week it, it was just so much high quality swimming and to think that we're going to get to do it all over again and even higher quality at the Olympics. Right. It's the Olympic trials. It's just now thing. It's sort of weird to think about that. Now there's like the Olympics. Yeah. It's, it's like, crazy that that's happening very soon. Well, it, yeah, it's just the way the Olympic trial has been heightened or like, yeah, the sort of the, the way it's been hyped up and the, I guess the, it's the highest of, it's like the highest of stakes. Like it makes you forget about the Olympics and like the rest of the world. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect uh, thing that highlights. Oh yeah. Us narrow-minded Americans right there is more. I think my favorite, uh, Thing they do at the trials that always cracks me up is when they chant USA and it's like, yay, all the swimmers, we're all American, USA. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an it's it's I bet it's an, an intimidating factor for people watching from other countries. Yeah, they're shaking in their boots. Speaking right. of speaking of boots, baseball players also wear shoes. So you, you want to talk a little baseball before we go? <laughs> that was not that was not how I was expecting to make this transition. That was a perfect segue. Flawless. It was a segue as good as those cool ones that we they used to have were on, on wheels. And I haven't seen those things in years. You ever been on a segue? Um no, I don't think I have. One time I went on one like in Spain and it was a lot of fun. No, you were in Spain without the S. You just love saying okay. I don't know why the case. I wanted to say that so many times about John Rom yesterday, <laughs> but then I realized he's not in pain at all. Uh, no, I, I was saying I, that if you were in, if only he got in second place, then yeah. I could say that them a million times and everyone would laugh their heads off. You could have said that a couple of weeks ago when like he had to withdraw due to COVID, though that wasn't as fun and funny a circumstance. So I guess you wouldn't want to do it then. No, like I said, I'm a big Oostweizen stan. So, uh, so I was in pain without, it was pain without. What if you, what if you laughed if I, so if you were an Oostweizen, if you're an Oostweizen stan, would you, uh, would you laugh if I'd said Rom was in Spain without, was from, um, is in Spain without the S? I mean, it just wouldn't have been appropriate because he won the U.S. Open. So I don't think he. No, I, no, I said if he did, if Ustizen did win, would you laugh at my joke? Oh, for sure. I would. I would withdraw your title as disgrace to the game. Yeah, I, I even like. I think I texted my dad like I'm in. I'm in Spain without the S about this Ustizen choke. Okay. The weird thing about golf is that they play at like different times. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but it's like it just the weird thing about golf is they go for the lowest score or something. <laughs> There's so much that you can start the weird thing about blank with. 
Yeah, there's yeah, I, I could have gone so many directions with that. I like that I was I like that I kept I got you I caught you off balance. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the the interesting times thing is very interesting. Okay, the the what am I saying? I I have I've lost all co cohesion coherency. He's just lost all hope in general. <laughs> yeah, pretty much after Usui's lost. Uh, yeah, it, it whoever created Par is really a lifesaver because it makes it so easy to compare between Ram and Ustweezen, even though they're like six holes away. Yes, I know it's pronounced Ustweezen, but I still say Ustweezen. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's oh, like if it wasn't for Par, then it would be oh, Ram has taken 18 more strokes, but Ustweezen still has to do five more holes, and it would just make things a lot more complicated. I'm glad they figured out the scoring method. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's well to think about how they could really just change the par and nothing would change. Like John Rahm still would have gotten first. Louis Oosthuizen still would have gotten second. Harris English still would have gotten third if they had made every hole a par 30 or a par two. It's all, it's all just kind of a relative measure. And why, why do they have it in the first place? To give like an accurate predictor of what like the right score would be, and it's it's good for when. Uh, what if the goal was just to stay on par? Don't do better. Don't do worse. Oh, oh crap! I accidentally sunk that putt. <laughs> Darn it! Didn't mean to do that. Uh, yeah, Rom kind of did that at the Masters this year, where his first, I, I believe, his first six sets of nine holes all had. Uh, all of them, he shot par 36, which was par. Wait, six sets of nine holes. Wouldn't that be three rounds? Three 18s, yeah. So all three rounds, he shot 72. But even if you divide that into his two nines, front nine, back nine, he shot 36 on all of them, which, which I thought was pretty crazy. So Rom's your guy if you're looking for excellence, winning the U.S. Open, or that perfect average we want winning uh, or d- doing that at the Masters. Yeah, maybe he should be hailed as a true hero of golf. Yeah, one would think the day after he won the U.S. Open, huh? Well, not none. Like, well, <laughs> you, they were talking. They're they 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 were all focused on Matsuyama being like the first player of Jap- from Japan to win the Masters. Yeah, why would no they focus on the no one, you? No one was talking about Rom. No one was talking <laughs> about the no one. And he he wasn't getting the attention he deserved for that kind of consistency and that kind of that really just that level of play that he had reached. So, so, so perfectly average. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Just picture someone booing at their, in Spain, booing at their TV. Like, c- come on. Oh, okay. This Matsuyama thing, whatever. I want to talk about John Rom's perfect mediocrity. That person would be in Spain with and without the S. Anyways, I, you ruined my perfect segue. You, 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 or I guess I ruined my perfect segue by talking about segues, but we need to do, we need to switch sort of back to baseball. Uh, we're talking about the MLB or in MLB, excuse me, uh, the, the MLB people will get very angry at me. Uh, how are the Cubs? Well, we nearly got swept by the Marlins and the Mets, but we managed not to, we lost three or four to the Mets and two or three to the Marlins. So we're, we're still in. We're still tied for first in the NL Central. The, the, Marlins, um, the, the Miami Marlins. I, I feel like you didn't. You didn't. You guys play them sometime in twenty twenty. Did, did something happen there? I I 
nothing, nothing comes, nothing comes to mind that, you know, they have, they have no, they have no place in Cubs history. Oh yeah. Well, that's certainly bad on the Cubs in a three game series there. Eh? I don't know why they would play a three game playoff series. That doesn't seem very fair, but if they were to, yeah, uh, I get, yeah, with the Cubs, obviously right now they're tied with the Brewers. I've got some beef with the Cubs because I love Javi Baez. He's one of my favorite players. Just so fun to watch. But did you guys have to vote him into the All-Star game right now above Brandon Crawford? Uh, hey, I don't do any of the All-Star game voting. So And, I'm, and also, yeah, I don't know how Nico Horner is at like the top of the second his, what is I think he's like fifth or something in the second baseman All-Star ranking because it's absolutely and he has been injured for like half of our season. Logan, you know why Nico Horner's up there. There are a lot of people voting on the All-Star game. Plenty of board people. Maybe don't know every NL second baseman. And they're like, huh, who's got the best name? Oh, Nico <laughs> Horner. That's funny. Yeah, it's um, – I don't know why that didn't come to mind, to be honest. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're innocent enough. You have that – youthful Patrick wisdom. Yeah, he's who should have gotten voted into the all-star game. Yes. Like perf- best performance over a short over the shortest period of time, he wins that by far. <laughs> Needs to become an award in, in the NBA, like the, the Jeff Green Award. Just who, who came in for uh or the Udonis Haslam Award. He played three minutes this year, entertained everyone. That was it for the that, that was it for the season. They need to make that an award you can vote on, get a million dollar contract bonus. Exactly. This this don't get it. Then there uh, apparently Kyle Schwarber is on a tear. Yeah, hit three dingers. He's one of he's always he's always a fan favorite on the Cubs. Just all he did was hit dingers, just did nothing else but hit dingers. Yeah, now now you now he's in Washington. Now you got Jock Peterson there. Who Jock, uh, Jock Peterson? Still, my favorite thing is rewatching that clip of Cubs against Dodgers, where Jock uh, hits uh, hits a bomb in extra innings, and I just lose my mind. The Cubs crowd loses their mind. Uh, Jock does a bat flip, and then it dies on the warning track. <laughs> oh yeah, the the sack fly bat the sack fly bat flip. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he's just a clown. My dad, I mean, my dad loves him for the same reason. And also, he when he pulled Tatis's celebration in front of him, that was also <laughs> legendary. And his Tatis looks so pissed as well. It was <laughs> just awesome. But I mean, he's actually. I thought he was. My dad when I like the first month of the season, he just looks like he looked like a horrible signing. But he's been. Uh, he's had a great last. He's had a great last month, and it looks like he's and he's putting together a pretty solid season. Look, I mean to make sure you're a true Cubs fan. How many runs have the Chicago Cubs allowed this year? I predict two forty. Two ninety two. Oh, how many of these? What is how many triples? Does Jock Peterson have? Uh, zero. Two. Uh, I really, maybe I didn't he, even know he had any. 
maybe he did like a n- another bat flip. He thought he had a homer, and then just ball got lost at some point. And then he he stopped at third. He was he was celebrating, and then he, he thought it was gone, and then he, and then it got tagged out at the plate. Yeah. Uh, anything else you uh, you like it in baseball or in the league? Well, I guess one thing, I have some beef with the Brewers right now because they have had the easiest June schedule. I've the easiest month schedule I've ever seen. They've had this month, they've had two series against the Diamondbacks and two series against the Rockies, two of the worst teams in the MLB. Not to mention the Pirates who they swept. Exactly. I feel like they've been doing really they're like, oh, the Brewers are red hot. Oh, they just swept the Diamondbacks. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to sweep the Diamondbacks. Uh, I mean, literally they the Diamondbacks were playing the Dodgers at home and it was like a Dodgers home game. Like they not only have they're not only trash, but they have no attendance. And, and the home field advantage is very real in baseball. I was looking at the other day and only four teams were better on the road than at home. Yeah, for sure. You, you have that edge and also probably a slight strategic one uh, batting the bottom of the innings. Also, in talking about easy, uh, easy Brewer series, they have one at the end of the month, an absolute cakewalk against this team, the Ch- Chicago, Chicago Cubs, I think they're called. They're, I don't think they're supposed to be very good. That's a low, Casey. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's definitely annoying to hear right now, but obviously the schedule evens out for but, all. Yeah, we not the Cubs haven't been. We've definitely been on this. We've definitely been on the slump. Not to mention earlier the month we nearly got swept by the Giants. That wasn't very fun. We still did. Well, they're one of the. Be- I can't blame you. They're. I would. I would argue the best team in the entire history of baseball. So I, I really can't blame you. Yeah. Not who else. If we're going for least amount of World Series, then we're like pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for doing that competition, uh, I think we should apply your golf idea to baseball, where we should try and manage a team to go eighty-one and eighty-one with a run differential of zero. There are some teams that like do like real. They like do like really well, but they have like really unimpressive run differentials. I'm, I'm not fish for one right now. Yeah, it's definitely, wait, uh, yeah, Brewers are negative. Wait, wait, d- don't check the run differential database. Uh, which team has a run differential of zero right now? Uh, let me guess the A's. The New York Yankees. But they're like a pretty average team this year, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They're just all over the place where their fan base is acting like Rome's burning when they're just having like a... Well, is Rome burning? I'll have to check that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Fires in Italy. It doesn't look like there's much. So Rome does not seem to be burning. I can confirm. And also the, the Atlanta Braves have a run differential of negative one. It really doesn't make sense to me how that team has just not been that great with, I mean, how talented of a roster they have. Yeah, I, I don't get it. because Baseball's kind of weird sometimes. 
Let's yeah, just, but it does even know. out after a long number of games where it where there's going to be some discrepancies, like you said, like a Brewers easy schedule. But if you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. And eventually that gets shown. But I, it baffles me as well because they should be so good. And it's not one where on paper they should be this great team, but they can't, they just can't line up. They got these great free agents. No, we've seen Ronald Acuna do this in the past. We saw Freddie Freeman win MVP last year. Still see Ozzy Albies raking it. And last year they were, they just had to win one out of three games, make the world series against a fairly weak race team and possibly win it. And they obviously choked the Dodgers and then here they are. Wait, what was that? Uh, they, no, never mind. Uh, they just they just choked the Dodgers after after that, obviously, and then now they're in this bad spot. Before we go, uh, you, you got any MVP predictions right now in baseball? Um, I said the Trident guy, Trevor Bauer. No, 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 it's some guy on the A's. The Trident guy. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Is that Chris Bassett? Let's see. A's tried it. Oh no, I yeah, the so I saw the picture with uh yeah, Chris Bassett. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's that's my bold MVP prediction. See that, uh, that, that that's the doing, kind of guy well, who needs to get on a mound and do the swimming. Doing, wait, if I'm doing real MVP, how about Shohei? Yeah, I I, I just gotta go with Otani. Vlad's having a great Otani. But it's yeah, Otani's just amazing. Just it's just incredible what he's doing. I, 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 that's what everybody says. It's just, wow, can you believe Otani? But it just doesn't get old because it is so amazing. So I think Chris Bassett, though, I think he needs to do the swimming celebration where he grabs his trident, he gets on the mound, and he, like, smashes the dirt after a complete game. Yeah, what a legend. <laughs> yeah, then, and now who you got? Um... Oh, I didn't realize both of those guys were from the American League. Um, and I also forgot there were two MVPs for a second. Uh, I, I, also, and I also forgot there were two MVPs because baseball just thinks they're cool. When they get two. <laughs> they should have Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> they, do they have a defense? I guess they have like the Gold Glove Awards, but they don't have a Defensive Player of the Year. Baseball needs a special teams player of the year. They they have a silver weight. What is silver slugger for? Slugging? The, like hitting? No, no, it's like, is it, but how do they determine the best hitter? I mean, how do they determine the best fielder? It's, it's just the exact same things where it's, it's just, it's not like you go to. Why is it silver? Why is glove gold and slugging is silver? Are they implying that hitting is less important than fielding? Well, I've also thought about I've thought about this a lot as well. I think they need one that is uh, b- below that. That is like the bronze bat. I'm not sure what that would be, but because it's alliterative. So, but I need some. But- or maybe maybe for pitching, it could be the brown the brown baseball mound. <laughs> so you so then you award that. <laughs> the, the new award. <laughs> I mean, this this already sounds. It, it does not sound politically correct to say the brown base, but yeah, like the bronze baseball or something. I don't know what you give that to, but oh, I meant to say bronze baseball mound, not brown baseball mound. I don't know. I said brown. I was literally, I literally thought, 
I, I was really thinking of something that was like brown or something. And then, or I don't know how I got from bronze to brown. Uh, I, my thought process was a little off there. Logan, I can't wait for the Olympics. So Regan Smith, you think she's going to get the gold, silver, or brown medal? I, I, I would love, wait. Once she gets all, once she gets all three, I wonder which one she likes the most. <laughs> I think she likes the brown baseball mound most. <laughs> yeah. So worse than not getting a medal at all. It's <laughs> like a joke. Like oh, and this is like your participation trophy or whatever. Are you kidding me? Getting, I would love, like, <laughs> I would love to have this big, big old baseball. Wait, it's like how, uh, like Dwight Schrute once had a dream, he had a dream in which, or he claimed he had a dream in which he's like, athletes fight for silver medals. <laughs> yeah, so, Brown Baseball Man goes to the best pitcher at every position, and, I mean, you gotta thank your guy Rizzo, it's gotta be up there. Apparently, I think for, for gold, for gold club, I, uh, def- I think, ha- I think, I mean, there are some, I mean, Baez and Crawford, I feel like that's a pretty, that's a, that's a pretty good race in that in that area. Not definitely into t- no, no, I know. Yeah, Tatis, the, he's gonna win. I bet he's gonna win the gold glove. Well, well Tatis is with his, with the, because you know why? Because he is. It's for uh, someone who's done the he's who's been the best at something. He's been the best at making errors. Well, yeah, exactly. You want we want the most of everything, right? But in all seriousness, like Tatis's fielding war numbers are very good. He just uh, can't escape that rep now of being, oh, yeah, that guy who gets all the errors. Mm-hmm. Someone said who would be my MVP. You're uh, just all I'm thinking how of. About, how about, De, how about De, actually, how about DeGrom? Can pitchers win MVP? Yeah, I think for him winning the Cy Young, the only question is health, and then he's got a good shot at the MVP as well. So DeGrom and Otani, that would be interesting if both guys – our pitchers, obviously, Otani also. Yeah, one thing, how about my guy Kyle Hendricks? His ERA <laughs> doesn't look too good. We've won seven games in a row. He has, I think he might, he's like second in wins or something. Wow, wins. Wow. He, see, great. he's good at winning. Like, that sounds better than, like, not allowing runs. Like, do you want a winner or someone doesn't allow that many runs but doesn't win? <laughs> I mean, the winning is dependent on your team, though. But yeah, it, it does sound like oh, good. Well, exactly. He's just a winner. You wanna you wanna award a loser the trophy? No, I want to award an ERA or the trophy. That's like the lamest thing I've heard today. <laughs> I, I think my argument wins. A strikeout tier. Uh, well, yeah. Well, okay, Logan. We can give a winner the. <laughs> The gold glove, but I'm giving the best ERA guy the brown baseball mound. <laughs> Bro, than, okay. Also, another full disclosure. I felt I forgot that the Cy Young Award was what they gave pitchers. I was like, so they give the silver slugger, like, <laughs> so the silver slugger is the best hitter. Then the gold glove is for the best fielders. So what did they give the pitcher? <laughs> That's how I came up with the brown baseball mound. I just can't say it out loud without laughing. Like, okay, Cy Young is not like what you think of. That does not sound, that does not fall into the category of silver and gold. Well, right. Cy Young is just this guy who, uh, who was. They need a rebrand- yeah, if we're talking about rebrandings, they need a rebranding on the pitcher, on the pitcher's trophy. And bring the brown baseball mound. 
<laughs> yes, Cy Young, yeah, Cy Young uh, maybe he won 511 games, but who cares? We're going to give it to a brown baseball mound. Uh, <laughs> well, exactly. Wait, have more, have more games been won by Cy Young or on a brown baseball mound? <laughs> So that's a great point. People, you always see the list and you see Cy Young right at the top, 511 wins. But do but you ever else, see- yeah, they never talk about the Brown baseball mound because they don't yeah, want they they don't say- want you to know who the real winner is. Yeah, they never show the wins that uh that um that the mound has, which is spoiler- I wonder what Brown like overall record is. It's are they like what's their win for what's the mound's win percentage? I'd say the mound is perfect for us because its run differential is zero and it is exactly 500 because it wins and loses every game. Wait, are you sure? Wait, how, wait, if it's run differential is zero, that means that, wait, have more. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I wonder if more, people... more runs been scored or allowed. Oh, well, run differentials just runs. Uh, runs scored minus runs allowed. And so every game, like let's say the Giants beat the Cubs four to three, seems like a very realistic outcome for that team to win. Oh yeah, well and it's, it's yeah, the brown the, the mound. It's very it's too it's two sided. <laughs> it's the mound rooting. Well, no, the actually no. The mound is always <laughs> thing about the mound is it's always on the side of the winning team. Great so point. That, yeah, so, so it, like, it's, it does have it does have the most wins and the least losses. Hmm. I, I, well, I mean, I have the fewest losses at zero, but I, I wonder if you surveyed. I wonder it's if you tied started. for the least losses with those who don't pitch. Oh wow! So, so then should should we rename it the those who don't pitch award? Yeah, no, yeah. The brown baseball mound is specifically <laughs> for non-pitchers. Ah, I see. Yeah, you uh, too yeah. can be a recipient of the brown mound. You just have to enter your uh, credit card and social security numbers. To my sports book. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you surveyed people, how, how uh, if more people would think Cy Young is, you know, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, or just, just some guy, it's just some youthful fellow who kind of let out this exasperated sound like, Ugh. I don't know. Brown baseball yeah. still sounds cooler. You want to wrap up with some weird flex? Uh, I know you, you're going to have a great one with, um, with coming up with a brown baseball mound, but you got anything else? I, I had some weird flexes. I was thinking about flexing, but then I forgot what I was flexing. I would say that's a flex that you, that you can I flex. How many flexes that I just choose? Okay, I'll go first. So we got a new puppy a couple of weeks ago, and I'm proud because I can still outrun the puppy. And so I think I can keep going with that for a good little while here. So I'm, I'm feeling confident that I can keep uh, can- giving you plenty for that one. I was not expecting you to go that way with that introduction. <laughs> That's my, I, hmm. um, I, I, I can't, I'm thinking of a, I think of a cool flex. Oh, I um, like a month ago, I went. I drove on the freeway and I didn't kill anybody. Great job! I don't think you'd be here if you had killed somebody. 
So you just got yeah. like a normal accent. I have a, I have a very good I have a very good lawyer. Wow, good job. So so you so wait you did kill no, someone. I, I didn't I did not get an accent either. So it was intentional. Wow, this is this is getting creepy. No 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 I just <laughs> no I I did my my car did not hit anything. Oh, I see. I thought you meant that it wasn't accidental. Oh. <laughs> so, me beating dogs and races, you avoiding car crashes, I think, maybe, or just got swept under the rug. Either way, good job. And Logan, we'll see you later. Can't, can't wait for baseball season develop get to the playoffs can't wait for olympic swim trials can't wait for our football season to get going boarding of the winner of the brown baseball mound of course i think we need so importantly oh man okay logan i i want to see you in late october we are going to award a brown baseball mound i don't know how we're going to get it but we're going to award it we'll see you then all right bye bye okay bye bye